Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into another episode of the Money Insights Podcast, the alternative wealth building podcast for high income earners. My name's Christian Allen. With me, as always, Rodney the Pod Zabriskie. Rod, what's up, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good, man. I'm we're making some real progress on the house. Good. We're like gonna we're gonna build. We're gonna be breaking ground most likely January, February. Just get that build off. I'm I'm excited. Nice. That is exciting. So, it's coming up. That's the big exciting thing. I mean, it's Christmas is coming up, so like it's total chaos at my house, right? <laughs> yeah. Kids coming and going. We've got like. Well, you know, everybody, you know, you've got seven of them. Yeah. Well, and I know everybody's involved, but especially when you have people who are involved in productions, things like that, like it seems like they just pack all of that in, in December for sure. Okay. So let me just talk about that for a second. So I have, um, I'm one of seven in my family, right? Mm -hmm. And my family has been really supportive of coming to like my daughter, Kate's performances. Yeah. Um, And I like going to, so she's a, she's in theater. She's a big thespian. And, and she's good, by the way, I've, I've been able to see. And I think yeah, she, just she is really, really good. good she's got a little knack and, for it. Yep. Um, so, so my family's been great at, at uh, supporting her, which I've been, which has been amazing. I've appreciated. She's appreciated. And I wanted to make sure I returned the favor. And a lot of my siblings, kids have suddenly gotten into theater. Gotcha. And so, I kid you not, Rod, uh, the week before last, my daughter Kate had a performance and three or four of her cousins had performances all in the same week. Well, the problem is, is they don't perform just once. Right. Right. So like, so like if, if my daughter's performing five times, I'm probably going to go to a few of them and it just doesn't leave a lot of time. So anyway, um, to your point, Rod, man, it is chaos at this time of year, but I'm having fun. That's I'm having awesome. a lot of fun. What about Good. you? Yeah, so we're uh, we're down to two at home now, and, Holy uh, and they're a little bit younger, so they're not so ten, twelve. They're not as much into that. We had we've had a couple of those things, but it's been okay. A little lighter, slower pace for around this time of year. Man, I don't know. Is it or is it nice? Is it like a nice change of pace, or does it, do you miss the hustle and bustle that comes with having like all the kids around? Well, I'd be lying if I said we weren't hustling, bustling around. It's just that okay. it's more on our terms. It's not someone else okay. saying, hey, you have to be here at this time. You know what I mean? <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I'm excited, man. Two weeks for, from Christmas. I love Christmas. I think it's a, a it's a, just a great holiday. Okay. okay. Today, Rod, we're going to talk about the fusion formula. You're like, what is the yeah. heck's the fusion formula? Well, I came up with it on the fly. And really, Rod, what I wanted to do... I want to talk to our listeners and give them a little bit of a like a clear view of what Money Insights is about and what we do. And the reason this came about is because it's not uncommon. So here's the deal. People oftentimes come to us because they've seen us in a webinar. They've seen us specifically put out some content. And normally it's about kind of our core few strategies that we yeah. teach so regularly. And so when people come to us, the assumption is, Oh, you guys do this, but one of the questions we commonly get is, "Oh, well, what else do you do? Do you do other mm-hmm. things?" And 
this is, and the reason I want to get it out there is because we kind of play in a unique space, right? And what I mean by that is that we're hovering between what I would call the traditional investing model and the alternative investing model, while we tend to lean toward like and gravitate toward the growth of the alternative space, yeah. there's elements of the traditional that are valuable, useful, and important that we can't just totally leave behind, right? Yep. So today what I want to do, Rod and audience, we want to kind of pull the layer back, talk a little bit about what what are our areas of expertise and what we do as a whole. And then, Rod, we're going to kind of talk about where we came from and how we got here. Try to yes. get a little vulnerable, right? We're going to pull pull the shades back and be like, okay, I know Rod's like rich and famous today. He's got fans everywhere, but how did he get there? Like, where did it come from? So we're going to dive into some of that. All right. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Um, before we do that, Rod, as always, we're going to focus on our core philosophy, invest with benefits. So remind people what what the heck is this invest with benefits and just hit on our six core, um, our six core benefits. And then we'll jump into how that applies inside of bringing together the best of both the alternative and traditional investment worlds. Yeah. So invest with benefits Ooh. is the philosophy around uh, what we what we feel like are the most important things to know and do in order to build wealth, uh, create financial freedom, kind of put things on your own terms, build generational wealth, right? All of those things. And so we have these six core benefits. We often refer to them as the pillars. We're going to talk about them as core benefits today. Uh, no, no more pillars, Rod. <laughs> pillars are out. Core benefits core are benefits. out. Okay, let's just we're we're pulling back the layers today. We're pulling yeah. pulling things back. Like I'm just going to tell people. I was using pillars. I thought pillars sounded like a good idea, but like we realized, like it doesn't really make sense if we're going to be talking about invest with benefits. Those really need to be our core benefits. So we got a smack in the face from our marketing team that reminded us that those two really needed to match. I totally yep. agree. So Rod, nix it. There will be no more <laughs> pillar talk. These are our core benefits. Done. Okay, okay, sorry. That's it. Keep going. Yep. Okay, so the, the six core benefits are number one, leverage. Number two, velocity. Number three, cash flow. Number four, asset or excuse me, number four, tax optimization. Number five, asset protection. Number five, number six, estate maximization. Okay, six there's a lot benefits. there. There's yeah. a lot there, Rod. Um, and I don't think we're going to go through each one, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've done that plenty of times. So yeah. um, anybody listening, you know what those principles are, what they're all about. Like I said, what we want to do is talk about how they fit into this this concept or this, uh, I don't know what the right word is, like philosophy, approach, philosophy, approach, initiative, all of those things to bring together the best of both the alternative and traditional investment spaces. Before that, before we do that, Rod, we have three core areas of expertise. Mm -hmm. and I think this is important. Um, the first core area of expertise is, is in alternative investing in general. That's what we spend like 80% of our time doing, teaching people alternative investment strategies, ways to create additional wealth and ultimately achieve the financial freedom that they are looking for. Right. Yep. And yep. of course we're from a, like our target market is 
the, the people that we work with are, are traditionally high income earners. So most of our stuff is really laser focused on how to do that from a, a high income earner perspective. I always tell people this, the good news is that if you're not a high income earner, the principles still apply, yeah, right? And can get you they there. still apply and will help you get to that. will help you get to that place. So it's not an elitist thing. It's just that these are the people that we talk to every day. The concepts, the principles that we teach will 100% get you there more quickly, regardless of where your starting point is. Okay. So that's the first area of expertise, Rod. Number two, and this is why where people most commonly know us, and that is that we teach people and help people imp implement what I'm going to call sophisticated life insurance-based strategies. That's things like the investment optimizer, the capital avalanche, which are, of course, ways to utilize life insurance as an asset in the investment optimizer's case. The idea is to add a layer of profitability to create additional return on our money, right, by investing through the policy rather than investing through um, bank accounts, things like that. And then, of course, the second one is our um, approach, our primary approach to premium finance, which is just an incredibly powerful way to generate um, massive tax-free income and incredibly powerful from a state standpoint. But that's what people generally know us. That's yes. why they know us. Yep. And so frequently, I think the assumption, Rod, is just that, okay, these guys probably know life insurance, but do they know anything else? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm hoping that if you're listening to the podcast that you feel like we know something else by now. If not, then we have done something wrong, Rod. We have done something wrong. Yeah. Uh, but we absolutely are proud of our, our core areas of expertise. Um, that's one of them. Okay, the third one, Rod, what's the third area of expertise? Third area of expertise is that we help connect investors with investment opportunities. And by the first two, you might assume, well, that's all going to exist in the alternative space, but that's where you would be wrong because- <laughs> Uh, inevitably, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a reflection of the people that we work with. We may be working with people who are focused in the alternative space. They want to do as much as they can there, and or maybe they just they just saw the light, right? In terms of of instead of doing everything in the traditional space, now they're just shifting and starting to learn more about investing in alternative assets. But the fact is, they still have money in a 401k or a brokerage account or something that is in that traditional space. And the problem that they find is that their traditional advisors know nothing about the this new and exciting area of alternative investing. And they're not motivated to, to learn about it because that's not, not where they think their money, right? So we uh, intentionally are creating a bridge for those people across that. So for people who have a 401k who have a brokerage account and aren't even necessarily saying, I want to move everything out of that. We have on our team, people who can help to uh, continue to help them on that traditional side while at the same time they're engaging in and, and getting going and continuing on the path on the alternative space as well. Rod, I think that the logical question would be for people potentially for people listening is, well, what makes somebody qualified to do the different things that they're, you know, claiming as expertise? And mm -hmm. here's what I'll say, uh, or, or maybe the question is for us, what makes us qualified to try attempt to a bridge to bridge this gap between the mm -hmm. two? Well, so here's the deal. I grew up in the traditional space. You didn't, I don't forget, I didn't forget it. Right. Mm -hmm. 
spent 10 years securities licensed and focused on that more traditional model, helping people build um, through an assets under management approach, through a um, needs-based approach, through an accumulation-based focus. Mm -hmm. And again, my experience just like kept hitting me in the face. It was like, it was like every, you know, every once in a while I'd run into like really good, like people who were building wealth that are really prolifically and almost without question, without fail, they were doing things in the alternative world. And so it was like, mm -hmm. after you get hit in the head enough, you're like, huh, maybe there's something to this. Right. And, and so like for us, it was kind of a tricky um, shift that we had to start making. And of course, one of those shifts for me was dropping my securities licenses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have, however, Rod, within the team and the organization that is Money Insights, we absolutely have the people in place to help with those types of things. And so, again, if we're trying to bridge the gap, we can't say, hey, these things are these things are bad, like just stay away from them. And if you have them liquidate and get out like that would be irresponsible, um, poor advice. But rather what we're doing is helping people see the value that they have in their traditional assets and how they can potentially enhance what they're doing in the alternative space, right? That's kind yeah. of what it ends up being, like that, that basically ends up what our model looks like. Is that, fair? is that fair? Yeah, it is fair. And I think the whole goal in this, this third piece of these kind of core, uh, what do you Benefits. call it? Core oh. areas of expertise. Oh yes, our core areas of expertise, sorry. Good the idea is that around. we wanna help people see that we are well-rounded and, and you'll get a flavor for this as we kind of talk about where we came from and, and how we got here because it probably wouldn't be a surprise that we also help people with some disability insurance or long-term care insurance or or those kinds of things, term insurance. People that people just assume that because we do permanent insurance that we're haters of term. We're not at all. Like let's, you have let's take to. care of the need. You have to hate term insurance <laughs> if you like if you like quote unquote whole life insurance. And Rod, to to that point, you also have to hate index universal life insurance if you love whole life insurance there's <laughs> no middle ground it seems to be there's no middle ground i'm just kidding yeah. actually rod again teaser i think i teased this already but we are going to be doing um a series and we're gonna like really unpack the life insurance thing i know yeah. i say i've been saying this but for whatever reason people love to talk life insurance and just so happens that we're pretty good at talking about it so we're gonna really pull pull back the onion layers so that like yeah. you can see the whole thing. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Okay, Rod, before we get into like the fun stuff where we're going to unpack where Rod came from and mm -hmm. how he got here, um, why don't you just give an example, give our listeners exa an example of this philosophy in action. Like how do, what does this really look like for like maybe a typical client? Cause like you said, we have, most of our clients have some sort of, assets in both place, but mm -hmm. how do they, how do they balance those things? What are you seeing? Yeah. So maybe I can think of a, a specific example, maybe someone who, uh, when, when they came to us again, they were introduced to us to, to talk initially about the investment optimizer because they were in, already investing in alternative assets. Uh, in this case, the, the example I'm thinking of is, is a physician who, uh, in, who invests in a, a variety of different things. We, we met him when he was pretty, you know, pretty far into the path, had a few different things going on. But even then, even being, again, several years into that journey, he still had a divine benefit plan because he was a, a partner in mm -hmm. his firm and 
what was happening is they were making changes so that they were actually going to be releasing that to him. And now he had to decide what to do with it. So he asked us, okay, what do you guys think, right? What, what, what do you think on this? And so we had an, an interesting conversation around that. Uh, and then also he is, and, and again, I'm using him as an example because we see this so often of people who are open-minded to different ways of investing. That, that's why they're doing what they're doing. And when they do that, they don't necessarily close off the traditional world, right? You were being funny a minute ago saying that, you know, term doesn't have a place if you're doing permanent or whatever. Well, sometimes there gets to be this idea that if I'm, if I am going to move into the alternative space and I have to close off everything in, yeah, in, the, you in the traditional space, you can't, it do doesn't matter. Right? And it has to happen immediately. <laughs> no, so, some people think that way. They're yeah. like, they come to us and they're like, Oh, I, I've seen the light. I've got this 401k. I need to get rid of it immediately. I don't care what penalties I'm going to take. Yeah. And we're like, whoa, slow down, slow down. We got to do this the right way. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I took your mojo. Keep going. No, that's it. So okay. Uh, so the point is that, um, and, and you've been very consistent with this as well. When anytime it comes up, you know, investing in stocks or things like that, you're like, I, I do that. And I'm like, yeah, I do that. Right. Because hey, thank you for bringing that rod. Cause that's yeah. what I wanted to talk about next. Yeah. You brought up a great example of a client. And again, we have hundreds of clients who fit into this, mm-hmm. this kind of area. Um, but I fit into this. This is what I do. This is how yeah. I live it, right? Myself. So I, I have two places that I have like more quote unquote traditional things. Uh, the first place is in uh, my deferred comp plan. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's not one that I personally have to contribute to. Companies contribute to it. And when I say companies, we don't work for companies, but when we produce with various insurance companies, they sometimes like will give us extra benefits. One mm-hmm. of those extra benefits is a deferred comp plan. And so, you know, there's you know, a good chunk of money that's building up there and it is in a more traditional like mutual fund portfolio. It, and it's one of those, it's not like it can even get into to actual stocks, So Mm -hmm. it has to be like that more typical um, mutual fund portfolio. But can I just tell you, I don't feel bad about it. It's great, right? right? Like it's it's still out there producing. Yeah, I had a couple of years there that were a little rough, but just over the last little bit, it's been heating back up, right? And uh, and I look at that as a long term play, something that can be a benefit. And Rod, I look at it as um, maybe a hedge or maybe. Uh, I don't know if hedge is the right word, but it gives me an opportunity to feel like I can do things with other money, right? So it's it's creating this balancing effect. It's easily, uh, one of the nice things about the traditional world that we don't get nearly as much of in the alternative space is liquidity. Natural mm-hmm. liquidity doesn't normally exist. If I'm investing in real estate, it doesn't matter what type, it's generally not highly liquid, right? Yep. We have to be a little more strategic to make to create liquidity. Well, one of the benefits you get in like a mutual in mutual funds is, well, you might you might pay a penalty from a tax standpoint or whatever, but I can usually get to money relatively quickly, easily, right? So yeah. anyway, my point is just to say that I'm using both types of assets for the benefits that they provide, and to your point, you know, we don't have to feel bad about about having stuff in both places. The key is to optimize what they're both doing so that they're working together to create the very best possible result. Yeah, and that's interesting to hear the way you've approached that on the deferred comp side, because what I've done is I've said, I feel like I'm I'm doing 
a lot in the in the again quote unquote alternative space with my life insurance policies mm-hmm. etc that is more consistent predictable so i've ta- i've taken that and i've been like oh i'm going to go invest in like the the foreign uh opportunities okay. and and other things like that 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 you would say oh man that's like way too risky in a well diversified portfolio but but the whole idea like you just said of of creating a cohesive overall plan means that if i feel like i'm taking care of the safe predictable stuff on on the other side then man let let the more traditional quote unquote side be doing a little more aggressive for me i like it yeah that makes a lot of sense okay rod i want to i want to shift gears here okay um i want to talk about pre rod the rod of today the rod that we all know that's really good looking and uh, incredibly dynamic and super not incredibly wealthy. All of these things that people know you as today. You weren't always those things, Rod. Is that fair? Man, I was, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. So you've talked, no, seriously though, you've talked a little bit about at times about like, you know, starting other businesses and things like that. But like, sometimes we gloss over the struggle that comes yeah. with starting yeah. other businesses and, you know, that kind of thing. So maybe Rod, just to kick things off, like to, to give us a chance to peel back the onion, tell us a little bit about some of the challenges or a challenge that you faced um, that you were able to get past to get there. And maybe, you know, pre all of these things that you know today, right? We talk about investing with benefits and creating mm-hmm. leverage, velocity, and cash flow. But again, we didn't know all of this day yeah. one. Yep. So what did what did life look like for Rod prior to what we see today? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go back. I Because I remember when I read- Bring us back, Rod. When I read, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the first time, he does some of this in there where he says, hey, there was a period of time or there have been times where- you know, he's saying his wife and and he uh, were living out of a car because they mm. they tried to make it happen. You know, made a business venture or whatever. It failed. They lost their home. They're living out of their car for a little bit, right? And as I'm reading that, this is before like still everything is. You know, I'm viewing it through rose colored glasses. And and even when I read that, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can I can take this on and. Of course, I I didn't ever imagine that it would come to that, and it gratefully it didn't. Right, I haven't ever had to like lose my home or anything like that. Um, I mean, because even as I'm reading this, I already had one child and another one on the way. Right, so so it was all it was all coming quick. Yeah. Um, and and yet, I mean, I've taken my lumps. Right, so so I had this vision of oh, well, I'm I want to own my own business. I'm going to do my MBA. I'm going to, you know, whatever. So, and as I'm doing those things, I'm working for someone else, um, had pretty good job security. I felt, I felt like, you know, for, mm-hmm. for where I was at the time. And, and then I made the jump and I bought the furniture business in 2007. Okay. Well, that was the, can I just tell you, first of all, it's a brave jump. Anyone that's moving from the typical work for somebody else to suddenly saying, I'm, I'm responsible to bring home the bacon. It's yeah. a big, it's a big jump. Yeah. And I felt like I had, I had saved up, I'd prepared and, and I was ready. So, okay. so we bought the business and we were working, making things happen. But again, I mean, I, I bought it in, 
it was like April 2007. Your timing was when I bought impeccable. It. <laughs> impeccable yeah. timing. And uh, and so over the next year and a half, you know, kind of made some things happen, and I felt like we were making some good strides. And then, of course, the financial crisis hits. In I mean, it started in probably more earlier in the year, but really hit the fan in terms of like September, October. And it, the good news, bad news of it is that it, it was a wholesale furniture business. Our retail customers were basically making decisions and communicating to us that it's going to be a while before we're ready to order any new furniture from you. So mm. from where we were, I, I, it was an easy decision in terms of it, it's not going to be worth it to try to wait this out. And, and just try to get to a bit, uh, the other side of it. And so I knew I was going to have to pivot and, and start doing something effort, something else. So a question, Rod. So you're, you're in that situation. You're probably hemorrhaging. How did you get by financially? Cause that's, that's, I think what makes like that, that's what makes the story. You, did you have yeah. a huge inheritance from your, from your <laughs> parents that you just like, we're pulling out of your endowment fund to fund your business. Like, how did you how did you pull it off? You're a new dad with a one kid and another on the way, um, and maybe didn't know at the time, but five more to come after that. How did yeah, you make it? Well, out? Like, how'd you make it work? How'd you get by the by? time I got by the time we got to that point, I actually did have the five kids, and so. Ooh, we're... you're right. I was just thinking that. I was like, wait a minute, 2007. You definitely had a bunch of kids yep, by then. Yep, ranging in age from. 10 down to two, right? <laughs> so we're wild. like in the heart of it, right in the, right in the meat of it. And yeah. okay. So the first thing is that gratefully what I took, what I had taken on in that business didn't have a lot of overhead. I didn't have a lot of like, impl- I didn't have any employees. I was just a, you know, one man like out there trying to make it happen. So that was helpful in terms of just like, I didn't have, a whole bunch of outflow to exacerbate this problem of when the inflow stopped. Right. So, but, but, you know, kind of to your point, we did have help from, from family. I'll say both from my, my parents, uh, Jody's parents. Um, they were, you had to do whatever you could do. Yep. Yep. To just kind of like plow through and get by. Yeah. And my mom, she's the best because, (laughs) My next kind of little venture didn't didn't go very far. Uh, I only had maybe two or three customers, and she was one of them. She was like, you know, whatever I was going to do, she was going to pitch was in, on do board. whatever she She's could like, to help. I'm I'm in. Yeah. You're selling, bought, Rod. I'm buying. Yeah. Um. I went up when I was uh when I was 18. No, I would have been 16, 17. I was on the high school soccer team, right? Okay. And we had to go out and earn money for the team and I knocked on one of my neighbor's door and I said nothing Rod I knocked on the door they open up the door I say nothing and he says what you selling I'm buying oh really and I was nice. like okay brilliant so anyway that's your mom right brilliant. like yep, it's that, it that person that's just like willing to get your back to support you no matter yeah. what so thank you to all the moms out there who are just like your amazing mom Rod yep yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about, oh, sorry. Did I cut you off? No, no. I just, I mean, that, that was huge in helping us kind of bridge this because, you know, moving from, from zero to, I'm not even going to say 60, zero to 10 or 15 miles per hour, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it takes time. 
and and so yeah. having that help was huge. Well, and we talk about like where we are today. We talk about a lot about like where the business is and how we're doing. And obviously we speak to high income earners, but mm-hmm. um, it's nice to kind of go back to the roots sometimes and remind ourselves like it, it was hard at times, right? Like yep. we had to fight, claw, do whatever we needed to do to get through. Man, I can think about Rada. I went to, I went to North Carolina to try to um, mix up, mix with another like producer out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally was prepared to move my family out there, sight unseen. I didn't know like really what I was getting into. It was probably a terrible idea in retrospect. Um, and I ended up driving out to this place for six weeks, six, seven weeks. At the same time, I was moving my family out of my the house I lived in mm-hmm. uh, because I had just broken my leg. I had given my in-laws a loan. I had broken my leg. I suddenly had no money. I was moving my my family into their mom's house. It, you know, it was it was my wife and daughter at the time. But man, I just think back on those times and they're hard, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's amazing to see like, okay, where we've come from today versus where we were at then. And man, there's a, a massive gap between those two worlds. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. It, it brings that emotional side of it too. So that when I see someone who's on the front end of this journey and I want to encourage them, I want to give them like, hey, you can do this. And I always just still have that in the back of my head. Like, man, it's going to be painful. I don't, I don't like, you know, try to create a downer for them, but the, the, the reality, right? Like, Hey, just fight through them. Like the, the things are going to come and you, you're just going to have to fight through them. So I want to talk about the client. I want to talk about clients. So you meet with clients day in and day out, mm-hmm. right? Probably 20 or 30 people a week on average something like that, maybe 20 or 30 meetings a week on average. And, and so there's probably not very many people who are better suited to answer this question, Rod, but why do you think based on your experience? And again, specifically in our market, high income earners who are really Mm -hmm. like focused on building wealth, where is it coming from? Like, why do people even want to do that? I have to, I've thought about that a lot myself. Like, what's driving these underlying like desires to accomplish things, to build true wealth. Um, And I don't think it's, I don't think it's just that people are like greedy or that they're like, Hey, I want to look super cool. There might be some Mm -hmm. of that, Mm -hmm. but like generally speaking, it's like deeper than that. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about that. What are you seeing? And then of course the goal and the focus here is, is, bringing that into this invest with benefits journey that we've created and bridging the gap between the traditional investment and the alternative space. Yeah. Well, the thing that I, maybe a couple of things that I see um, that I would extract in that question. And, and the first one is that these are people who have worked hard to, to get to where they are. We're yeah. not generally talking to people who just, it just fell in their laps. And I'll tell you what, oh, the people- man. And I would say not even just not generally, Rod. It's like, I can't even, I can think of a few people that I've yeah. met with that had like some inheritance, but almost without, without, without fail, these are people who, like you said, are really, have really worked hard to get mm-hmm. to that place. Yeah. That's a great point. I can think of a couple. The one that is the, the silliest is 
the guy that put put money in the first year, and then we never were able to get it back in touch. Like in other words, he was not uh, motivated to to do the things, so invest with benefits, kinds of stuff to to make things happen. Because it again, it just fell in his lap. Whereas these people are like, hey, I've worked hard to get where I am. I know what it's like to to scrimp and to just to you know ho- hope that I'm going to be able to make it. You know, even these people who were you know when they were in residency and working crazy hours making the equivalent of a buck 50 an hour or whatever. And, and they're motivated. Like I've, I've worked hard to get where I am now. I am not going to let, let this go, you know, lose it. So there's this kind of like hanging on, um, of, of a continuity of a journey leading to this place where they, they want to have that financial freedom. And for a lot of them, it's like, they have worked so hard. They are working so hard. They can't see themselves just, you know, working into their sixties and seventies, continuing to do it and, and surviving. It's almost like yeah. a survival thing. Like I, I need to get there because otherwise I'm in trouble. I'm going to burn out. I can't, I can't keep this pace. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. That, that, I think that I've seen that as a motivation without question. The, the one that comes to my mind when I'm thinking about like my years of experience meeting with people, mm-hmm. like, I think at the first level, and this changes over time, but level one is just security, right? Yep. Yep. Like again, I think about my my own journey and the step that it took to go from, you know, struggling to get by to sudden to like making that step to having like some security was is a massive, like was a massive step. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then like I kind of got comfortable at that place for a, for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like the the next stage creeps in where you want to com- continue to build and develop. And I do think at some point, like with kind of our true wealth builders, like it almost can become a game. Um, but but it's not a low stakes game, right? Like at yeah. some level, it's a game that's also really important to them because for for those people, the shift usually becomes okay. Now I have financial security. My family has financial security. And now I want my family to have financial security even when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like it's like that here and now security that's really critical first. And then what happens, I think, is the next step is now I want to create security for the people that I really care about and love for as long as I can. Right? Yeah. Again, it doesn't normally just jump directly to hey, I want to like see if I can have more money than Rod. Like mm-hmm. it's usually about creating something and building something that we really, really care about. And, you know, that's how it is for me. That's what my yeah. journeys look like. So anyway, that's kind of what I think about it that way. Yeah. And, and I think that leads to another question. Maybe I'll ask you a question is because, you, you know, you're, you're using kind of security at, at this level, kind of create that first level for yourself and then extending beyond – but so then, then the question becomes, do you think that true wealth extends beyond financial success? And if so, like, how, how does that look? Ooh, man, Rod, that is a tough question to answer. I absolutely think um, true wealth is far beyond money, right? Money is really just like a tool in this cog, this machine that is the world we have to live in. Mm-hmm. And so I think for most of us, again, um, 
It's about all of the other things. But but what money does, and the reason money becomes so important is because it can enhance or take away from so many of the other things. So you take relationships as an example. Yeah. Well, well okay, I'll give you an example, Rod. This last weekend, um, we had we had an opportunity to go speak at an event, which was awesome, right? With mm-hmm. Anderson Business Advisors. Uh, it was really great. And uh, my son was performing on Saturday night. And so it, like it was, I, I could have gone to the, I, I could have gone either direction, but I had to kind of think about this question, right? Like, yeah. what am I doing what I'm doing for? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it for the purpose of um, just trying to like create some big number or even for like cool things? I was like, no, that's at the core. That's not why I, why I ever have done it. I yeah. do it because I want to have like the, the kind of quality relationships with my family, friends, the people I care about. So at the core, it's like security, but then it's like enhancing relationships and enhancing quality of life. So relationships. And then for me, it was how can I create like a life that works for me that again, Mm -hmm. gives me like security, but also gives me a chance to, to like be as comfortable in my space as I can. And then therefore be able to grow and develop and hopefully help other people. And so that's kind of the cycle that I feel like anyway. That was a, like that. a long-winded answer, but that's kind of where where it comes from for me. Uh, I think that's important. And, and maybe going back, you were asking about you know with people that I work with. I think that's a, a very common uh, thread that I see, and a lot of people express it in different ways. But I think the at the end of the day, the best way to summarize it is financial freedom is putting things to where it's on your own terms. Because I gave examples like people who want to you know get out. Well, a lot of the, the, again, the physicians we work with, they're not saying I want to get out. I just want to be able to do it on my own terms. I don't mind sticking around. And I, I like, again, if it's clinical, I like meeting with people yeah. and helping them directly. I mean, that is a, that's a part of who I am. I just don't want to have to do it 90 hours a week. I want to get mm-hmm. to a place where I can do it on my own terms and, and phase back and be done if I want to, but, but maybe I do stick around and keep doing it. And we have a lot of people who are and, and are planning to do that. Can I just tell you that that concept really hits home to me? I, obviously, I've told people this, but my dad died at 49. It's crazy. I'm 40 years old, Rod. That's, yeah. that's nine years away. It, it just seems crazy how, um, as I get closer to that age, how young my dad was. Yeah. Um, but this concept of like, you know, doing it to to create like the best life for you. I've had to really think about that because someone like my dad worked really hard and, you know, he was, he was more in the traditional world. He was a CPA, worked for, um, for a hospital and kind of worked his way up to where he was making really good money, but he was still kind of, you know, in that grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course at 49, he never got to experience the, the back end of that. Yeah. And so for me, I just was really motivated to, try to create the life that I wanted. Um, and that's why I'm passionate for other, like I really want other people to create the life that they want to live because not everybody gets the opportunity to live it. Now I'm not saying that means you're irresponsible and just, you know, cause, cause sometimes it can, you can get the message like, okay, you know, you should, I should quit my job today and go do X, Y, Z. It's not that it's that it's, it's about building a path to getting to that. Because right. some people, honestly, they love their nine to five job. And if that's you, then that's awesome, right? Yep. yep. 
So anyway, but man, I think I think about these questions a lot because, of course, my my mom, uh, my mom just passed this past year and she was 67. So like still very young, never really an opportunity to like enjoy that quote unquote retirement. My dad was 49. He was actively working, right? He was 49. Um, Anyway, these things like really ring true and resonate for me. So I'm, I'm glad we kind of get a chance to go into it. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, as listeners, people who are listening, like can get a feel for like who we are and why we do the things that we do. But my passion about who, about money insights and what we're trying to become um, and what we're trying to help people do and accomplish really comes down to those core experiences that have shaped me uh, that now are like drivers to help people not have to deal with some of the, the things that I've experienced or, or, and, and experience some of the things that have been really great. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I think that's a lot I think that maybe again, pull, peeling these onion layers back. Sometimes we poke fun at some of the gurus or whatever. And I think pro- one of the biggest problems we have with it's almost like a necessity that, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey has a model, like everybody should do this. And that's mm-hmm. kind of one of our problems with, with the, that kind of whole mindset is to throw a blanket over everyone and say, everybody should do this. And if everybody does this, then everybody will be, you know, amazing we'll and hit their dreams. And I guess what we're saying is that everyone's journey is going to look different. Everyone's uh, goals aren't necessarily the same. I shouldn't tell you what your goals are and therefore, you know, pretend like, Hey, this, that therefore this is exactly what you should do as much as to build a framework. So the invest with benefits philosophy is the benefits that you can put, put into place. And, and to the extent that you put them into place can help facilitate you getting to where you want to go, wherever that is and whatever your journey is. And I'll just close by saying this, Rod, Whatever, and to all of our listeners, whatever that journey, whatever that focus is, to the extent that we can help you, whether it's through being a resource, connecting you with great opportunities, whether it's through the actual strategies that we teach, or even just by listening to the podcast, our our genuine hope is that we can help people like achieve what they want to achieve, achieve their financial goals, which then gives them that freedom, flexibility, security to do what they want. Well said. Okay. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us this week. uh, And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.